So this session is going to be about thinking about how we can reach older people. And so I've slightly tweaked the title, so I hope you don't need a refund. Um, but I didn't want to use the word elderly, and I'll talk a bit more about that uh, later on. Because elderly um, can have some connotations and doesn't necessarily wrap up um, old age. Um, so my name's Carl Knightley, uh, and I am uh, part of the leadership team at London City Mission. And um, I joined London City Mission in September last year, so I'm quite new to London City Mission, although I've been involved uh, as a cheerleader and, and, and supporting them for many years. And of course, London City Mission are in the business of evangelism and equipping and encouraging churches uh, in London and indeed beyond uh, to reach uh, people with the Lord Jesus Christ, but not just any people, people that we uh, feel uh, might be harder to reach, uh, so certain demographics. Um, and uh, believe it or not, older people are one of those demographics in certain contexts. Uh, but the main reason I'm here is before I joined London City Mission, I was invited to come to speak um, because I was actually um, leading a charity called Faith in Later Life, which is a relatively new charity, about four years old, uh, which was set up um, by five different Christian organisations, including London City Mission uh, and Pilgrim's Friend Society, you may know of previously as Pilgrim Homes, and a number of uh, organisations who felt a real sense of uh, a lack of resources and focus around older people in churches and in communities, as opposed to just in care homes, uh, where sometimes we like to plonk older people. So, um, a little bit about me personally. I live in South Croydon, right on the edge of South London. I go to a church called Oak Hall in Caterham, which is an independent evangelical church. Um, in my spare time, I'm a governor at my kids' school. I have a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. My wife's an intensive care nurse, so it's been a quiet two years. Uh, and I am a trustee at Mission Aviation Fellowship UK as well. Uh, so that's a little bit about me. And I'm really looking forward to getting to know you a little bit um, later this evening. And tomorrow I'll be here uh, until tomorrow. So... What we're going to do today, and um, I have got some notes so I don't have to crook my neck, uh, just over the next 30 or 40 minutes, I want us just to think a little bit about how we can reach older people with the gospel, uh, and critically why it's important, um, and how we might approach this both as a church and individually. Uh, and uh, hopefully I can share some encouraging stories with you along the way, reminding us of the value of older Christians. And I'm really happy to share my slides with you uh, if you want to have them afterwards uh, to save you um, writing notes if there's anything that you might want to take away. Um, and I'm really aware that I'm speaking to, in my view, experts and practitioners. So what this session isn't uh, is something where I'm hopefully um, bearing down on you lots. Because I know that over the last uh, few years, we've all had lots of pressures, haven't we? Uh, church leaders and others in Christian ministry uh, maybe I will be exhausted uh, having navigated through COVID and as we emerge from COVID. So whilst I'll be um, galloping through this session and hopefully coming at it with a passion, um, because it's something I believe is of vital importance to the church and wider society, I really hope that you don't feel browbeaten uh, and, uh, and discouraged, but rather equipped and encouraged. So I just wanted to set some context, really, and... Um, in terms of the UK, I'll be talking uh, rather than across the world, although we do see this replicated across the world. We now live in a majority older people world. And you'll see uh, in, the, um, in the graph above me um, this uh, information from the UN, which sees this uh, cross-section where now um, older people are on, a, on an upward trajectory 
Um, that is the right slide, that's good. Um, the first thing I wanted us to, to really um, stop and pause and think about is what is old? What is older age? Um, because all the statistics and information we use is based on uh, the government's definition of age and, and age UK. And so older age, and don't all come at me, is 65 plus. And if I said it to my mum, she'd clip me around the ear. Um, and that's why I didn't want to talk about reaching the elderly, because suddenly we think about elderly as somebody who's you know, bent over double with his inner frame and, um, and, and very frail and so on. And of course, somebody who's 65 uh, may be like that. It's probably unlikely. Uh, but then equally, we could have somebody who's 95, uh, who's very, very energetic, has got lots going on, um, and so doesn't really feel old, if you like. So old age is not a homogenous group, but we are an ageing society. And so that presents challenges and opportunities. And so I thought this is really interesting, that one in three babies born today will live until they're 100. And this is information taken from the office for national statistics. Uh, and it's pertinent to me as my children are five and eight. And, uh, and so they'll probably live till they're quite, quite old, God willing. So the context and certainty in the UK is one of a society growing older. And when it comes to evangelism and sharing the good news of the Lord Jesus, this is crucial to understand. As here we have a demographic of the population who in human terms have less time to receive Jesus as Lord. And this is really, really important. Uh, it might seem like an obvious thing to say, but these are, are folk who don't have as much time to hear the good news of the Lord Jesus before for them it might be too late. And we need to take that seriously. And so some more statistics and information here. And these numbers are pre-COVID, so they may even be worse now. Um, I'm not going to read them all out because you can see them above me. But they're quite brutal in terms of loneliness and isolation. Um, um, the overarching context, almost 12 million older people in the UK. And around half, just over half, um, are saying, 5 million are saying that older people, uh, 5 million older people are saying that the TV or their pet is their main form of company. And so we've got a picture here of, of loneliness and isolation with many older people. Not all, but many. And um, a few years ago, um, a chap called Professor Keith Brown, who's an expert in adult social care, as well as scamming and fraud, he, and he, he, writes, uh, government, <laughs> he writes government policy uh, countering uh, scamming and fraud, Roger. Um, he was involved with a project, a government-led project, to install call-blocking technology uh, on older people's phones, as many older people were receiving uh, up to 25 calls a day from fraudsters. The problem was this project failed because the majority of the participants unplugged this call-blocking technology because they were so lonely, they would rather speak to somebody and try to rob them of their life savings than not speak to anybody all day. I was going to say that again. It failed because they wanted to speak to anybody, anybody, even people who wanted to rob them. Friends, we have a huge need. Uh, the mission field is ripe. People are desperate for the love of Jesus, even if they don't know it. And all the more in these COVID times when people have been robbed of hope uh, and COVID has disproportionately affected older people. Um, the good news, as you can see up there, is that an estimated 80% of people, uh, certainly in England and Wales, and I don't know why the, the ONS skew it like that, but they just do, 
Uh, we've heard a lot about Wales today, so hopefully that's a, that's a good thing. Um, give their religious affiliation as Christian. Uh, you know, those, those, that generation have grown up ticking Church of England. Um, now, uh, that, obviously it doesn't mean that they're Christians and they're living a Christian life and they've acknowledged the Lord Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, but we do have a generation of older people who've grown up with hymns sung in school and Sunday school as the default option. But that won't last for much longer. We have a huge opportunity and are called for a time such as this. And the reason I wanted to talk about why um, is because our why informs our how. So I want to spend a bit of time on why we seek to reach older people with the gospel. This might sound a bit odd uh, to a room full of evangelists and church leaders. uh, And it might even seem a bit insulting. I hope it isn't. But in a society um, polarised by age, we hear, you know, about... Older people, boomers, all Brexity rich, homeowners with gold-plated pensions and so on, um, versus younger people and Greta Thunberg and everyone who's angry that older people are stealing their jobs. It's important that we have to refresh our memories on why uh, older people are important to society and why it's important that we don't just focus on youth. And church isn't exempt from this. It's really important that we just bridge this gap um, and, and, you know, I, I sometimes wonder whether global leaders would hang off the words of Greta Thunberg if she was 75, not 19. We, we worship at the altar of youth uh, in this country and more broadly. So that's why it's really important to think about how we view older people. Because how we view people informs what we want to do. And so whenever I go to um, conferences or church meetings, I always tend to ask people, do you know any older people? And if they lie to me and say no, I say, do you want to get old? Do you know any older people? (laughs) Apart from Roger. How do you view those older people? How have they impacted your life, those older Christians? Do you want to get old? My father died and went to glory six years ago. He was a so-called older person. Cancer took him away. He's with the Lord, so that's fine. But do you want to get old? You know, we sometimes talk about old age. Oh, I don't want to get old. Oh, aches and pains. I'd much rather be old than die when I'm young. How we view older age, brothers and sisters, is critical. Do we view older age negatively? Our why, in any context, drives our intentionality, as well as our how, our approach, our urgency to mission, to evangelism. Now, I know that uh, it's a bit risky taking scripture arbitrarily out of context, so I don't want to do that uh, too much, but I just want to whiz us through a couple of scriptures, uh, because the Bible is full of passages testifying to older age being a blessing. There's a few here, and and, and I've just shown you a few others as well, uh, and some themes. Uh, And it's really important to impress upon us all that we don't expire when we hit 64. God has plans for older people. Abraham, Moses, Daniel. I saw a cartoon once of Daniel in the lion's den as a young, ripped young man, which of course is wrong. Simeon, Anna, the list goes on. And the reason I remind us of these things is that we must share the gospel with older people as we seek to engage with folk of every age and stage. But also because older age isn't an accident and our lives are often enriched by older Christians. Church is at its best 
when we're intergenerational. And I love Zechariah 8, verse 4 and 5, which says this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Once again, men and women of ripe old age will sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each of them with cane in hand because of their age. The city streets will be filled with boys and girls playing there. Isn't that a wonderful vision? Especially if they're beating them with a cane. Not really, not really, not really. This matters. An ageing society needs the church. And older people need Jesus. And the church needs older people. I want to tell you about Janet and Peter. They're friends of mine who I used to know quite well when I worked for Pilgrim's Friend Society. Um, so I've been involved, I should have said, I've been involved with working in sort of the Christian older people space uh, for a few years. Not as many as Roger. Janet and Peter are in their 70s and they're at a church in um, Barnsley. And one morning the, the vicar um, stands up and he says, right, everybody who's 30 and under, stand up. Everybody who's 60 and over, stand up. Now go and pair up. Get to know each other. Safeguarding notwithstanding. And so Janet and Peter paired up with this young woman. And they got to know each other and they hung out. They spoke on the phone. They joined home groups and so on and so forth. And when this young woman turned 30, it was her 30th birthday, she phoned up Janet and said, it's my 30th birthday. Can you come to the pub with me so I can celebrate? And, uh, and Janet said, oh, no, we couldn't do that. We'd cramp your style. Or words to that effect. And she said, what do you mean? You're my best friends. Every time I tell that story, it still gets me. You're my best friends. We're missing out if we're not getting involved with older people. I'm a younger person. I remember once when I went to a prayer meeting and everyone was about 105 and I was naive and new to working with older people and I mentioned that I was just the right side of 40. I'm now just the right side of 40 and I felt so bad and it made anything by it. But we have these ageist things that just come floating out of us, don't we? So as we draw together this section, um, thinking about why we seek to evangelise older people, I just want us to spend three minutes or so watching this video which reflects the value of older Christians in our families and in our church communities. He says. Hmm. Right, let me click forward here. Building the anticipation. I'll be 65 in a minute, but you're all right. <laughs> if it doesn't want to play, that's not it's fine. It's not a problem. I'll carry on. It's always a bit tricky when you embed a video in a PowerPoint.
if it's not going to work, we... No, if it's not going to, it's, not, it's really not the end of the world. Let's just carry on. It's not a problem at all. All the more reason for me to email it to all of you. Good news is, I'm not preaching. Because actually, when I preach, I don't have PowerPoints. Right, so. Our names begin with C, so that's good. Um, so I want us to think now about why. So in a nutshell, that video really just, and I will see if I can make it available, just captured um, the value that older Christians bring to church, you know, with a few... Bible verses, some really compelling music to make you emotional, um, and then we we're going to move on. Um, uh, but actually, I'm going to tell you a brief story instead about a friend of mine called Betty. Um, and I met Betty uh, when our church that I was at at the time was in an interregnum, so we're in between vicars, uh, and the church warden was bringing up unsung heroes to the front, and he brought Betty up. And I've been at the church about five years at this point, which is just outrageous, because I, I lead a charity at that stage around older people, and I've just been ignoring Betty. Uh, and I'd never met her because she sits there and I sit there. Um, and Betty was sharing how she'd been praying for the church um, every day for 70 years and for the local community. 70 years. And I remember my kids would run in and the first person they'd want to see is Betty. And I remember moaning to her once about the fact that my son Jacob had been up at half five. And she looked at me square in the eye and said, I'm up at half four getting ready to pray at half five for an hour. And she wasn't being, there was no hint of any, I'm so exciting. You know, she's very humble. She was just matter-of-factly. Um, and uh, I remember celebrating a 100th birthday party, socially distanced at a care home last year. And um, she wasn't in a care home until then. She broke her leg just before COVID and went into a care home. She always said she wasn't going to go into a care home until she got old. Um, and then she had to go into this care home that she didn't want to go into but she quickly decided that the Lord had placed her there and it was her mission field and she just got to sharing faith with all of the carers because she said most of the other people living there um, had dementia and so on and so she was the only one they could really understand. She went to be of the Lord uh, at the end of last year. Um, But she really impacted people around her because she was wise, because she was a real prayer and we need more Bettys. Um, So there has to be a really rich, compelling how. This is important stuff. But why? Um, so, um, I just want to share these statements and pose a question, actually, before we move on to some more nuts and bolts. Um, church can lead society. Churches in this country are still ideally placed across, uh, across the nation, uh, across all of our home nations. And we're called out to reach out. Um, and as I said, the harvest field is uh, majority elderly um, and ripe for the picking. And, and older people are important and they have roles and gifts. And incidentally, this isn't about younger people reaching out to older people. This is about people of any age sharing faith, whether you're 25 or 75, or even uh, 100 like Betty. And so I want us just to think about whether older people are a priority for us when it comes to mission, when it comes to evangelism. And this isn't about beating ourselves up, but it is a question Because often we hear about churches that are dying out, so therefore we need to get young people so the churches don't die out. And I fully sympathise with church leaders because that's that's a fact. We don't want churches to close. But our older people are a priority for us too. 
whenever I think about this Bible verse. It's one of my favourite Bible verses. You're not supposed to have favourite Bible verses, I don't think. When it comes to older people, older Christians, they will still bear fruit in old age. I did a, a talk at a, 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 a come and meet each other cameo club uh, in, um, in um, I think it was in Lincolnshire somewhere a couple of years ago, and um, sharing this passage, Psalm 92, 12 to 15. Uh, at the end, one of the older ladies said, thank you for coming and encouraging me. This morning I woke up with a real sense of worthlessness. You know, and this is an older Christian lady uh, who's so faithful. At my last outing before COVID, BC, I was at an event at Lambeth Palace, which was marking the launch of an initiative um, on, 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 on grief and, and death. And I got talking to a church leader. We all had our badges on. And I was CEO of Faith and Later Life at the time. And he joked with me that when he saw older people in this congregation, he ran and hid. Because it was too hard for him to talk to them, apparently. Um, are we as focused on reaching older people with the gospel as we are and reaching younger people? Because a reluctance, a lack of priority, or even a subconscious nonchalance can lead us to creating barriers in our mind um, as we, that we might used to seek avoiding uh, older people. Uh, I must have walked past Betty many, many times, but thought because she was hunched over double, couldn't hear much, um, we were different. You know, there was this barrier that shouldn't have existed. So how do we get to reaching older people? So I want us to talk briefly, uh, and it is briefly, about individual but also church. So does my church need a strategy? Um, and the reason I say the answer to this is yes, uh, as w- whether whichever church tradition we're in or denomination, whether it's an, a church action plan, a mission action plan, or whatever, let's ensure evangelism to older people is explicitly covered Um, so it can't be forgotten about. This also helps with planning and allocation of resources and hopefully starts a wider conversation in your church about this area of evangelism. Uh, And if it isn't important, then why not? And what message does that send to the older people in your church congregation? There's lots to reflect on. I was talking to an old chap um, who said that he felt like he just needed to go to the side and get out of the way for the youth work and for Alpha and for everything else. And we need to think about how we approach um, different ages and stages, as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, 65 to 75, 75 to 85, whatever it might be. Betty was 100 and certainly didn't feel like she was 100. When an older person looks in the mirror, do they see that older person? So as a church, we need to think strategically and intentionally And it's really, really, really important to remember that older people can share their faith with other older people. We need to start by valuing the older people in our church. There's older saints, there's older prayer warriors, the three ladies who I would phone up for prayer at a combined age of 142. You know, these are the people that we go to or we should be going to. At London City Mission, our approach is to get alongside churches and encourage and equip them, all of them, whoever is interested in evangelism. And we we look at evangelism to the so-called least reached, and one of those strands is estates and seniors. And obviously that's in an urban context, and there'll be folk here who might be in a rural context. But nevertheless, I find it quite shocking that older people are in a bracket of least reached. But again, we look at those statistics earlier about loneliness and isolation, and it's not surprising. But if we can encourage each other in church 
all of us in the pews, uh, to get excited and confident about sharing our faith with others, uh, that we can do it. This picture behind me uh, with a lady called Pippa. Um, she was part of the team along with me and a couple of others who founded uh, the Daily Hope telephone line, which you might have heard of at the beginning of lockdown uh, with the Church of England. Uh, and, and it was set up on the premise that there are a number of people, predominantly older but not exclusively, who might not be comfortable Zooming or watching church online or whatever it might be. So we set up a telephone line free to dial and it still exists today. And you can phone in and listen to uh, evangelical reflections, also evangelistic reflections as well. So it wasn't just for older Christians. Um, and to date I think the number is something like 750,000 phone calls totaling around 8 million minutes. Um, so there are older people who are out there who are hungry, whether they're older Christians or older people um, who can still relate to Amazing Grace or to songs they learnt in their youth. So let's value the older people in our church. Let's be intentional about reaching older people and start by encouraging older church members as well. Uh, encourage all of us to engage uh, with older people in our street and in our care home. Um, and in our streets, we think about older people in care homes Actually, 85% of all 85-year-olds and plus, which is quite a nice statistic, um, live in the street, live in homes, don't live in care homes. Do we know our neighbours? Great place to start. And so, where do we minister? You know, it's the wider community. Is it over the phone? Uh, is it over the fence? Is it in church? Is it in care homes? It's wherever our context is. And knowing and understanding our church context is really important. Could your church adopt a care home, for example? If you want to think about what that might look like in more detail, I've, I've written an article on the Passion for Life website about engaging with care homes, so you could perhaps have a look at that. But aside from church, we all have our own individual context. You might be an evangelist who's hubbed into a church. You might be a so-called itinerant evangelist. You might be someone who just describes yourself as a church member but with a heart for evangelism. Whatever it is, we have a context where we consider the older people around us. Door knocking, maybe. We've heard a bit about door knocking today. At the beginning of lockdown, I live on a cul-de-sac, and I printed out a little sheet um, just saying, you know, we live at number one. If you uh, need a prescription or, or shopping or just want to have a chat, uh, please give us a call. Put a landline on there, because older people tend to like landlines. That's a sweeping generalisation. But those at the older end of old... Um, and so I took my kids and we leafleted the our road. I hadn't been back ten minutes before the phone started ringing. And um, one of those people said, you know, actually my, my son-in-law doesn't live too far, but I really appreciate the fact that you, you, you noticed and were interested. And, and, and that was just really, really powerful. All of us will know an older person. It could be in our family, in our street, somebody we see regularly walking their dog or in the supermarket. Let's start with a hello and see where things go from there. In this COVID world, it seems more acceptable to ask people how they are and to expect an honest answer rather than just small talk. A lot of this isn't rocket science. I don't have a degree in evangelism or theology or missiology or anything, any other sort of ologies. Um, when we think about how to reach older people with the gospel, we need to be strategic. But experience has told me that we don't need a PhD in rocket science. But we do need desire and time. And usually we find time for that which we desire. 
Let's relentlessly pursue relationship. Relentlessly pursue relationship. That picture up there is of my dear friend Betty, who uh, went to glory. I beg your pardon, it isn't. There we are. First slip of the evening. Thank you, Roger. That's Betty, a wonderful lady she was. There are so many simple steps we can take. You're you're the experts, not me, when it comes to reaching people in evangelism, but I can only talk about what I've experienced. Um, And many older people I've spoken with, like many younger people I've spoken with, actually, straight talking, can smell a mile off anybody who isn't genuine. Be genuine, be interested, be intentional, persevere. Many older people that I've met don't like a fuss. They won't necessarily volunteer. But when you ask them, ask their opinion about something, be interested, show them that you're interested in them. And you'll be hugely blessed. I've told you about Betty, and I've told you about her waking up at 5.30 in the morning, praying for every hour. But let me tell you about um, my wife's grandma, Peggy. And um, she has grown up in a, in, a, in a family where there was no Christian input at all. And um, her family is quite dysfunctional. And she's basically estranged from her only son. And, um, and so she was deeply lonely. And my mum started writing to her. My mum, she, she's like Roger, she doesn't mess around. She just wants to tell people about Jesus all the time. I guess like most of you. And um, she started writing to Peggy, Grandma Peggy. And then during lockdown she said, should we just start talking on the phone every Tuesday? So I just started doing that. And she basically shared the gospel with Grandma Peggy over the phone and uh, talked about forgiveness. There was a lot of that needed. It's really important to listen with many older, older people because there's a lot of baggage, there's a lot of stuff, there's a lot of regrets sometimes. So listen to that. And, uh, and so she shares the gospel with Grandma Peggy, talks about the cross, talks about forgiveness. And Grandma Peggy commits her life to the Lord. And, uh, and so they pray together. And then my mum says, Amen, at the end. And, uh, and Peggy says, what's that? And she said, well, amen, that's what you say at the end when you say, I agree, I'm finished praying now. And, and Peggy said, I'm not saying amen, I'm not finished. I talk to Jesus all day. And at night when I'm crying and I'm lonely, I talk to him and I know he's there for me. September age 92, Peggy died. She came to the Lord about 12 months before that. It's never too late to reach older people. Hear my heart. It's never too late. This lady, Debs, she's a friend of mine. She leads a Christian befriending charity in Greater Manchester called Silvercord. And she shared this quote with me from one of the old ladies she befriended. The thing that makes me happiest is a friend who comes to see me, not for any other reason than to spend time with me. That's worth more than all the pills the doctor can prescribe to feel that someone wants me. To feel that someone wants me. Friends, there are 11.9 million older people in the UK and around half say the pet or the TV is their closest form of company. That is not okay. They need to know that they're wanted, that they're loved beyond all measure by the creator of all things. And of course, there are plenty of other older people, probably more older people that we know, um, who are in even more danger because they think that fulfilment comes in a game of golf or a saga cruise, neither of which are wrong in themselves, of course. But we need to find ways of speaking to them too. Whether happy or sad, rich or poor, 
older people will have realised their mortality over the last couple of years. And so a natural entry point to conversation is talking about the hope that keeps us going. People can't challenge our story. We can talk about the hope that keeps us talking, that keeps us going. Even to your old age and grey hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. I've got grey hairs, so I quite like that. It's just really important just to stop and think. And it's really hard when we've got so many pressures. You'll see that slide at the beginning of all the post-it notes over the person. So many pressures, not many resources, we're tired can't find the older people, they're hard to speak to, they're awkward, they're grumpy. Do you know, someone once said to me, older people are all grumpy. And I said, that person there who you think's grumpy, he was probably grumpy when he was younger. Let's try to break down those barriers with older people and, um, and let's just have a conversation and share what keeps us going. I'm going to finish off now and it's felt like a bit of a whistle-stop tour but I hope you found some of it helpful. Um, I'm doing that classic thing of saying we're going to finish and I'm going to talk for another 10 minutes. Um, I just want to thank you for all that you do, for your heart to share the life-changing and life-saving good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. It just blows me away that I'm in a room with people hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years worth of giving their life to the Lord, sharing the gospel So whether you're weary or energised in this season, God will sustain us, as he says so. I don't want to leave this empty-handed. There are some leaflets just over on that table, uh, which doesn't have a stand, just on my left, next to the uh, Christianity Explored. There are some leaflets about the work of London City Mission, as well as our latest newsletter. Um, Ironically, there are some leaflets there talking about reaching the elderly. I'll even get those reprinted. Um, but if you're looking for specific resources around older age, then the Faith and Later Life website is the place to go to. And above here are a few examples of helpful resources. The first one uh, we did in conjunction with Professor Keith Brown, who I mentioned at the beginning. And it's really helpful. Uh, it's not just around evangelism, the stuff around all aspects of engaging with older people. Uh, Ian Knox wrote a really fabulous book called A Finishing Well, uh, which is fun and is an easy read. Uh, but also full of scripture. And then I mentioned the Daily Hope telephone line, which still continues today. So many older people I know have rung that line and really been so encouraged. Um, And despite the fact, I say despite, I don't mean that negatively, despite the fact it's a Church of England phone line, it actually is available for everybody. Um, and, And there's some really excellent stuff on there.